0: Name Safria Parzol. Date 4th of Evlamois, 621. Assignment Assessment of Anacrea Mosos. While I said I would wait until the first day of classes to begin studying the core of my first classmate, the opportunity to do so presented itself sooner than expected. I believe. I may have also solved a mystery in the process. Not a terribly difficult mystery, admittedly, but still a problem that, now solved, will hopefully provide a more stable atmosphere for this program. This is how it begins. At last night's convocation, Professor Kovod laid down a few guidelines of our behaviour while attending Sir Rolt University. She said that while we are technically students here, and will attend a chartered course of classes, the primary purpose of this programme is to foster unity within our group of twelve. Professor Kovod said we are strongly encouraged to spend the majority of our time in each other's presences, with permissible breaks for prayer and… silent reflection on our blessings. I didn't need to feel the straining Kurvold’s voice weakly attempting to rein us in, like a kennel for hunting dogs spun out of spider silk. To know she didn't have much hope for these instructions, and that they were only given because trying to give any more direct orders to eleven powerful and headstrong blessed would only lead to more discord and an even faster breakdown of the programme than what must already be anticipated. The first test for the unity of our group came in the form of this morning's breakfast. Nearly everyone else was either tired from the previous day's travel, or wary on account of the message of convocation. The Hazelborn, Eleskine Aroldis, was the only one who showed up that morning feeling earnestly interested. In attempting to foster a sense of community. Despite lingering annoyance on her part at the previous night's incidents, Aleskin greeted each of us in the cafeteria, inviting us to sit together at the table set aside for our program. She offered us porridge she had made herself in the dorm kitchen earlier that morning, garnished with dried berries she had carried with her from her homeland. While I don't think the porridge was the main selling point for anyone except the Hearthborn born Elheim who reacted to the home-cooked meal the way a child coming out of surgery might react to being offered their favourite toy. Oleskine's offer of hospitality was enough to sway those who'd been on the fence about bonding. Our group meal ended up being as well attended as I expect it will be for some time. I joined the table, along with the more reluctant Starborn, Keska Blackdam, and the naturally skittish Denborn, Kaiora La We were also joined by those already inclined to socialising, or who were simply curious about how the scenario would play out, meaning the dayborn Norvan Lytan, plagueborn Oroxymeleia, nightborn Hanakreamosos, and. <sighs> highborn Lavis Teller. I suppose I'm going to have to talk about my relationship with Teller eventually, but for the time being, I would prefer not to. Breakfast between the nine of us was a strange and strained affair, and with everyone's souls grating against each other as they were, it was hard for me to track the event emotionally, let alone discern my own reaction to it. In the beginning, nearly everyone felt guarded with walls and space built up between them as they regarded each other. Aleskin grew more nervous the longer these guards were up. No one, except Doriel and Novran, were even eating yet, and at her core, she felt like she was failing at something close to her sense of duty. In an attempt to break the tension, Aleskin pushed animation into the silverware of all those who weren't eating yet. Our forks and spoons suddenly stood at attention, with a collective clack and began to jauntingly dance around our bowls. This elicited some highly varying reactions from around the table. Novran lit up with glee, practically threw down her spoon, and shouted, ''Make mine! Do a backflip!'' a request Alaskin happily complied with. A few others, Anakrea, and possibly Oroxin seemed amused by this display too. Doriel's mood didn't noticeably change, so I assume he was too distracted by breakfast to notice everyone's dancing cutlery. I was mostly being reminded of the fact that when Hazelborn animate things, that puts a bit of their self into the inanimate objects they control, which meant I was getting the vague impression that these silverware were having the time of their lives. Of course, try to ruin things. Oh, how cute, he said, already radiating ruining smugness. Reminds me of the holy days back home. Some years, we have dozens of Hazelborn come perform and cook for us, although they tend to work on a slightly larger scale than porridge and silverware. Elaskin was already thrilled by Novran's approval. She didn't even notice Lavis's comment. That made me smile, but not everyone was so amused by Leskin's show. So far, I had been most attuned to the dominance of Elaskin's nerves, Norvran's excitement, and Lavis's smugness. So of course, I jumped when a sudden surge of agitation and aggression Reared up from Casca, both in the form of an emotional wave, and in him triggering his blessing to telepathically slam all of the silverware back onto the table, Ileskine's blessing dropped immediately, but a few others fled defensively, including Novran, who quite literally flared up along her shoulders, and Kira, whose face and arms were bristling with the growth of either fur or quills. On feathers, Novran was already beginning to demand what was going on when Keska shouted, "You think this is funny, witch? Messing with people's stuff?" aleskine was taken aback by his outburst, startled by the anger and slightly affronted by the label witch. From what I understand, it is somewhat presumptuous to call all Hazelborn witches. Not all of them still practice their old ways and would prefer to be acknowledged for their worship of their Patron, rather than nature at large. Still, Oleskine was graceful under pressure, and quick to try to make friends. I'm sorry, Kaska, I didn't mean to offend, she said, and she truly meant it, as if tampering with his silverware was what had actually set him off into such a rage. But there was something in Casca that was deeply offended, "'I know you tampered with my shrine,' Kaska accused her. "'The stars in my constellation were all fixed in place when I went to sleep, "'and when I woke up, they were scattered and out of line.'" As he spoke, everyone's opinions of both him and Aleskine were shifting and sliding across a frozen field of belief that made it hard for me to track. Oroxen was the first to try to address his feelings, If you were asleep while this happened, how can you be certain it was Oleskine?" he asked. Couldn't your model have been shifted by traffic on the street? But Keska was insistent. That had never happened at home. So there was no reason it would have happened here. You either used your blessing to convince my door to unlock, or you reached out and spun the shrine from the other side of the wall, Keska said, reaching for any conclusion he could. What kind of people is this program letting in? For that to happen on the first night, huh? You don't just touch another person's shrine like that." He left then, before anyone could argue any further. I could feel his resentment sticking to Eleskine, even as Eleskine's desire to make amends trailed him like a young puppy struggling to keep up with a careless guide. Breakfast was source for everyone who bothered to finish. Either because their enthusiasm had been dampened, or they were feeling more convinced than ever, they had signed up for a doomed program that would derail all their plans for the future. But, amidst the gloom that had settled on our group, there were two key spikes that stood out to me. One was a sensation of guilt, paired with confusion. The other was a sensation of both clarity and a permeating, burning sense of curiosity. That was when I began to make conversation about shrines, and the fascinating shrine to Onthea I had in my own room. As I did so, I could feel that curiosity only begin to increase, leaning in my direction now instead of towards the path Keska had taken out of the cafeteria. Someone was interested in me. That was when Lavis said he didn't think Solborn had personal shrines, let alone fascinating ones. That was when I told Lavis something very rude, which I think impressed both Novran and Oroxen. That made me happy. Soulborn City is written and produced by Claudia Elvidge. The voice of Seth is Kirsty Wolven.